I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 2, verse 1, and just stick your finger in there and hang on to it for a minute. But I want you to also turn over to Matthew chapter 15. Verse 4. Matthew 15, verse 4. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Now that's pretty straightforward. That's pretty blunt. I don't think there's anything there hard to understand as God gives us this commandment concerning our fathers and our mothers. But I hear people say from time to time, well, you don't know what my mother was like. You don't know how my mother treated me. You don't know how I had to raise myself or how I had to do this, that, or something else because my mother wouldn't look after me. Let me read that again. And it says, God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses the father or the mother, let him be put to death. No if, or, and, buts. No reason. It says to honor your mother. It doesn't matter who your mother was, who your mother is, what your mother did. You don't even have to like your mother. Now listen to me. You don't even have to like or agree with her. But the Word of God says you are to honor her because... She brought you into this world. Now to honor is to say, I respect her position. I respect her position as my mother. I don't have to agree with how she acts or how she lives or don't even have to agree with how she taught or how she treated me. But I do, according to God's word, have to honor her as being the mother head in my family. So this morning, I would encourage you, if you have not dropped a card in the mail, made a phone call, come to church as my wife's family has, our family has over here, and more of them will meet us at house after a while, I encourage you, if you can, Drop a card, pick up the phone, just say Happy Mother's Day. Just Happy Mother's Day, that's all. That is honoring your mother. So I encourage you to do that. You know, I I had the privilege of being a part of the celebration of our mother when she went to be with the Lord a few months ago. And I still, on the 
many mornings as I did for many years, I get up and pick my phone up and start to text her. You know, I don't have to do that. I can just say, Lord, thank you for my mom. Look after her. Because I know that she's with Jesus. So if your mom's with Jesus, just take the time to say thank you, God. Thank you. In honor of her, Lord God, I thank you for my mother and what she has done for me. Now flip over to that place you're holding with your finger in John chapter 2. Somewhat an unusual passage I'm told to use for Mother's Day. But I want you to notice even our Lord and Savior honors and respects his mother. Chapter 2, verse 1 of John, and it says, And on the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had ran out of wine, the mother said to Jesus, she said to him, there, no, there is no more wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says, you do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone. According to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine, he did not know where it had come from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the master of the feast called to the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This being a sign from Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifest his glory and his disciples believed in him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, his disciples, and they did not stay many days. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your word. I ask you, Father, speak unto our hearts this morning as we remember to honor our mothers. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And it says on the third day, and there was a wedding, and you'd have to remember it. When it comes to the Jewish tradition, 
they don't have a wedding for an hour and a half or two hours or even for a day. When the Jews have a wedding, it lasts a full week. I mean, it starts on Monday and it goes through the following Sunday. And they celebrate all the way. They eat, they dance, they sing, they drink, they have a big time. It is a celebration. And it says, and on the third day, Jesus and his disciples had been traveling for three days to get there. So on the third day, as they have been, so if you were counting up and say it started Monday, it would be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when they came together, when Jesus got there. Jesus says that it's important for us to remember tradition. It's important for us to be aware of what customs are. Cherry and I had the privilege some years ago to go to Old Mexico and be a part of a wedding in Old Mexico. They don't quite last a week, but they do last two days. And they start early in the morning. We didn't get there for the first day, but we got there for the second day, and it started early in the morning, and it went all the way into the night. And during that time, they ate, and they ate, and they ate some more, and then they danced, and then, after all that, they had the wedding ceremony. Now, let me share with you a little bit of their tradition. In the wedding ceremony, the husband washed the wife-to-be's feet. Then the wife-to-be washed the husband's acknowledging to each other that we are going to serve the Lord together and we are going to stay devout to one another through the Lord Jesus Christ. Then after they did that, they presented a tribute to each mother. Her mother, his mother. Then they came together and they had a sermon about wedding preached by the father of the bride, Pastor Jaime. And that went on for an hour or so. And after all this is said and done, the music played, celebration took place, and all at once it got very quiet. When it got quiet, the groom and his party came to the front. The bridesmaids came in just like we have here. And then the bride and her father came down to where this was all outside. and came down to where the husband-to-be was waiting. They got another sermon from the preacher that was preaching. And then they had the vows. And the husband and the wife repeated vows to one another. And after all this was done, rather than taking off like our bride and groom do here for their honeymoon and everything, they sat down and had another meal. And they joined for the meal. And when it was all said and done, it was we had started at 8 o'clock that morning. It was after dark, 8, 9 o'clock that night when it was all said and done. Honoring Jesus 
Christ and both parents. I think it is a tradition that we in America could stop and think about, even as Jesus did when he came to the wedding there in Galilee for some part of his family. We don't know who was getting married, but we do know according to custom and according to what the Word says, Mary was in charge of the reception. And we find Mary, as she was looking and watching over everything, she realized that all at once they were out of wine. Now that was her responsibility as being in charge of the reception. And the word simply says, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Simple statement. Didn't have any more. Did she ask him to do something? No, not as such. She just said, there's no more wine. And the word says, Jesus said to her, woman, and that was not a disrespectful statement to her. That was a statement of compassion, a statement of love to her. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? In other words, I see they're out of wine. It's your situation. What does it have to do with me? How can I help? It says my hour is not yet come. It's not time for me to start working miracles is what he's saying. It's not time for me to be in charge of this thing. You're in charge of it. You're supposed to take care. But it was all out of compassion as he spoke to her. It was not ugly. It was not unruly. And I want you to notice how his mother, Mary, trusted what God had laid on her heart. And she turned to the servants. And she said, you do exactly what he tells you to do. Now she didn't say Jesus is going to turn the water to wine. She didn't say Jesus is going to work a miracle. But what she did say is, I'm trusting my son to handle it. I'm trusting him to handle it. Without saying a word to him, without putting him in a bad position, without anything except saying to the servants, you do what he says. Everything he asks you to do, you do. I'm, I'm telling you today, if we as Christians, if we as God's people would grasp that one statement, just do what Jesus asked you to do. Just do it. Whatever it is, just do it. You know, Jesus says, I come into the world that you might be saved. He says, I want you to be saved. Just trust him and be saved. I come into the world through the power of the Holy Spirit that you will have peace and, and things that you've forgotten will come back to your mind as you study the Word of God. Just do it. Just do what Jesus said. You say, well, Brother Mac, 
I have a tough time honoring my mother. God's word says, just do it. It doesn't matter how we feel when it comes to the word of God. What matters is we obey it. And here we find, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus in a position that his mother has told the servants, you do what he says. Now the servants could have argued, well, who is he? Who's he to tell us what to do? But the mother says, you do it. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says, you do it. And then it gives us an explicit direction. It says there were six water pots. And they were made out of stone and they were used to purify water. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel or not. But you don't just turn the hydrant on and fill up a glass and drink water out of it. It's terrible, awful bad. It hadn't changed. It was that way in Jesus' day. They drew it out of the well, they put it in the water pots, and they changed from pot to pot and let it clean, purify it. And by the time it got to the last pot, it was pure. But on this particular occasion, Jesus said to them, You see these water pots, they hold 20 and 30 gallons of water. Fill up all of them. Fill them all up. And the word says that they filled them to the brim. I mean, they poured them to where they were level for. I, I wondered one time in my mind, why in the world did it say they filled them to the brim? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Is because they wanted to do it to a matter where nothing else could be added without running over. Nobody could slip up and pour some wine in it when nobody was watching. They were full to the brim. They would have ran over if they did that. And the servants said, they're all full. We've got them full. And I can just see them standing there going, hmm, now what's going to happen? What's we got to do next? We can't add anything to it because they're full to the brim. But we have been obedient. Listen. We have been obedient to what Mary, Jesus' mother, told us to do. We have been obedient to Jesus. Folks, when you're obedient to Jesus, it always, without exception, works out for the betterment of you. You may not think so, but all good things come from God. He says, you fill them up to the brim. They filled them up to where nothing could be added. No questions could be asked about them whatsoever. And then Jesus says, didn't wave his hand over them. He didn't say water become wine. In fact, he did nothing to those pots. He says, you take a dipper and you dip some out and you pour it in that glass or that cup. 
and you take it to the master of the feast. As they took that cup to the master of the feast, he tasted of it, and he was amazed how good it was. Now you could go back to that pot. Take your cup and put it in. You know what would be in that cup? Water. Water. Until there was obedience, complete obedience unto Jesus. Take a cup, dip it out, put it in there. That's, be, that's when it became wine. Now then, I know you have sitting there with a question in your mind. Well, was it Welch's grape juice or was it real wine? When you get to heaven, ask Jesus. I don't know. I know the customs in Israel is it was real wine. Okay? But do I know? I don't know. But the thing is, is when it was handed, when they, when they were totally obedient to Jesus, they handed it to the, the head man over the whole thing. And he tasted it. And it was the best wine he had ever tasted. You see, God doesn't make any mistakes. God doesn't do anything halfway. When God does it, it's the best of the best. It was so good that the fellow that was in charge of it all, when he tasted it, says when the master of the feast tasted the water that had been made into wine, and did not know where it had come from. The servants knew who had done drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man begins by setting out the good way. He says, You're doing it in reverse. He says, Whenever the people first come, you give them the good wine. That way when they get drunk, they start getting the feeling of the wine. Then you can give them the inferior wine. But he says, this wine, this wine that's been passed out now, is perfect. It's wonderful. It's the best. Folks, when Jesus does something, it's the best. I don't care if it's Welch or if it was wine, wine. It, don't, it was the best. And it says, in verse 10, and he says to him, every man begins to set out the good wine. And then the guest wait. And then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until last. When Jesus honored his mother, when Jesus showed honor unto his mother, and she said unto the servants, You do whatever he says. Jesus says, She's my mother, and I will honor her with the responsibilities that she has here. He could have not done anything, and she would have been embarrassed. But he says, I'll honor her 
and I will keep her from being embarrassed, and I will help her accomplish that which she's in charge of. Do we as children, do we honor our parents to the point where we try to help them every chance we get? Do we do everything that we can possibly do to keep them from being embarrassed in situations that they're in? And he says, this being of sign of Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. This was his first miracle. A miracle that he did in honor of his mother. A miracle, the very first miracle he worked was to honor his mother. And I command you, honor your father and your mother. Why? He just set the example right here by honoring his mother. This beginning of sign Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. He says, I'll take care of my mother. And we know even as he hung on a cross, he took care of his mother. But here in the very beginning of his ministry, he did it by honoring his mother. And in doing so, his disciples, those that were following him, believed in him. This morning, this morning I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the answer to all questions, all situations, all problems, all trials and tribulations? Is Jesus the answer that you turn to? <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew that he was. How about you? Do you know that he is? Well, yeah, the Bible says so, and I, I, I believe that he is. Well, have you acted upon it? You see, there's two things that you need to do. The first thing you have to do is confess your sins to the Lord Jesus and, and ask him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you've done that this morning. The second thing that we need to do is when we ask Jesus in our heart as Lord and Savior is we need to live it out. And living it out, God says, I'm sending you out. It's your responsibility to share about Jesus with everybody you come in contact with. The disciples, as they saw Jesus work this first miracle, it says, and they believed in him. As people see your lives change from the world's way to God's way, they have a tendency to believe in Jesus. So in honoring your mother, you also honor the Lord. And in honoring your mother, you're a testimony to the rest of the world. 
that Jesus lives in your heart. And the word says, and after this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. He took the whole family. And they went down to Capernaum. Now, what did they do? I don't know. Probably preached a little bit. Probably had a, a family meal. Spent time together as a family. But I want you to notice the last part of that verse. And they did not stay there many days. Jesus says, there's too much to be done for us to spend time here celebrating together. We need to get on about doing what God wants us to do in serving Him. So this morning, I say, go home, get on the phone, drop a card. If your mother lives close, go see her. Spend a little time with her. Tell her you love her. You appreciate her. You honor her. But don't forget to get on with what Jesus has called us to do. They stayed there just a few days celebrating together. And then they went about sharing the gospel with others. I think there's not anything that speaks any louder about what God can do and has done in our lives than a family coming together. But on top of that, when a family goes out and shares the gospel, people respond. So this morning, through the Word of God, I challenge you, spend time together, but don't forget, it's our responsibility to share the Word of Jesus with those that don't know Him. Honor your mother, honor Jesus by sharing the Gospel. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can do that today. Just ask Him in your heart. If you need to say, Lord God, I need to walk closer with you. Prayer altars are right here. You come on. You can pray. He'll, he'll forgive you of anything if you'll ask Him. But you've got to come to Him. I'll be right here. I'll be glad to pray with you. But I ask you, Honor your mother. Honor Jesus this very day. Father, I thank you and I praise your name that you love us so much. Thank you, Lord God, that you set the example for us through your son with, with his mother. Now, Father, I would pray this morning if there's anyone, if there's anyone that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they will come and ask Him into their heart today. Now, Father, 
draw us ever close to you as your family, as your believers, that we can share the gospel with others around. And we'll just give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.